I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth through all generations. Amen. Amen. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Father, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blessing of another day. Thank you for the opportunity to wake up and see a day that we've never seen before. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Father, we pray that as your word goes forth, that it will fall on fertile soil. We pray even now that someone who does not know you in the free pardon of their sin might be saved. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his shed blood on Calvary. Thank you for his redemptive work. But we're most grateful for his resurrection and that we can live resurrected lives through him. We love you. Thank you for first loving us. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. Good morning. What a joy, what a delight it is to once again be in the land of the living. <laughs> I tell you, you know, as years start piling on top of each other, I really mean this. You thank God for each day. Uh, dare not take it for granted. Uh, There's so many folks who wish they were where you are right now, but whose voices are hushed in death. So we thank God for this morning. I want to invite your attention to 2 Corinthians. I want you to look at with me 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to read in your hearing, I'm sorry, chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm so excited about this word that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm jumping to 4. But it's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And when you have found it, say Amen. And this is what it says. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death, leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life, leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? So ends the reading of God's word. I'd like to put a tag on this uh, message this, this morning. Uh, it must be the aroma of Christ on you. It must be the aroma of Christ 
on you. One of my fondest memories uh, as a 12, 13-year-old growing up in West Baltimore was that my father had the great idea to send me to get bread. Um, it was the iconic Hall's Walls Bakery, or Bread Factory. Ah, I see some heads nodding. And uh, I think he gave me about a dollar fifty. Maybe I came back with two or three loaves of bread. Early Saturday morning, I would be on the corner of Edmondson Avenue and Mount Holly Street. And uh, there were about eight or ten other folks there, about 8, 39 o'clock, and young folks, old folks, folks making their way to Enoch Pratt Library. Uh, I'd get on that number 23 bus, and I was going down to Franklin Town Road and Edmondson Avenue. That was my stop. That's when I got off and walked over one block to the iconic Hall's Walls Bakery. But what was most memorable about that was once I got on the 23 bus, and it was during the summer, and the windows would be opened as wide as they could. And it kind of, it slow walked, or it eased its way up Edmondson Avenue. And when you got to the Edmondson Avenue bridge, something magical happened. The windows opened, and throughout the bus, you could smell fresh baked bread. I, I kid you not, it, it, was, it was one of the highlights of the trip. I didn't really want to go, but somehow when I got midway across that bridge, I knew something special was going to happen. The aroma of that fresh baked bread. And it just lingered the whole time, and it just wouldn't let you go. It was very pleasant, and it was pleasing. Had not tasted one slice yet but there was just something about the aroma. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter. It's a very personal letter. It's a very intimate letter. And he was reminding them that they ought to care for the poor, that they ought to be servants. And he says that those who follow God should be a pleasing Aroma, a pleasing aroma. That's, that's what he's saying. Those of us who are in Christ ought to be a pleasing aroma to God. And, you know, there are so many aromas these days. The aroma of hatred, the aroma of bitterness, the aroma of self-centeredness. These are all of the smells that we come in contact with day in and day out. But thank God we have a helper in the person of the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and helps us deal with the stench that we smell with the aroma of Christ. Come on, I got to get an amen from some. We ought to have the aroma of Christ on us. And that's what the Apostle Paul is. He's going to demonstrate to us what the aroma of Christ looks like 
once it gets on those of us who are in Christ. Now, again, there's a lot of aromas and you got to decide what aroma you want on you because <laughs> there's some aromas out here and all of them are not good for us. So you've got to decide early who you're going to follow and whose aroma do you want on you. So, so preacher, tell me, help me out this morning. How do I acquire this aroma that you're talking about? What can we learn from the Apostle Paul as it relates to having the aroma of Christ on us? Okay. He tells us in verse, really, it, it tells us in verse 4, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. Then he says in verse 5, But if anyone cause grief, he should not grieve because of me, but all who, to some extent, not to be served. What I'm trying to say is the Apostle Paul, first of all, wants us to understand that the aroma of Christ is always others-centered. Don't miss that. Because it's critical and crucial that we understand it. If we want to have the aroma of Christ on us, then we must be others-centered. Centered. Paul said, listen, that has pained me. I've shed some tears. I've had to correct you, but yet I love you, and I want to see you grow and mature in Christ. I want to see you be all that you can be in him. He says, I I've shed tears over you. You don't shed tears over folks you have no relationship with. You shed tears over facts, over folks that you love, that you have some affinity for, that you have some likeness toward. The aroma of Christ is others-centered. So do some self-examination from time to time and see if you really have the aroma of Christ on you. If it's all about you, what you have, what you have secured, then perhaps you really don't have the aroma of Christ on you. Even when we see in Scripture, his friend Titus did not show up when he was supposed to, and the Scripture tells us he was troubled, bothered by that. Others centered. Jesus, and Jim mentioned it early, wanted to know the greatest commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say get all the doctrine you can get, get all the education you can get, get the biggest income you can get. He said love God and loving God is knowing about him, knowing doctrine, I'm all for that. But that is not enough. You can know all the doctrine in the world and be an empty barrel. No heart, no grace, no warmth, no love. You know a lot, but love is vacant. Conversely, 
You can just be so loving and know no doctrine and don't know anything. That's just as bad. So get a delicate balance. Learn all you can. But he says, love your neighbor. You know what's going to make the church of Jesus Christ grow? When we decide to demonstrate to a dying world the love of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to know with how much you know. When the Roman era, you know how the church grew? They did not have an advanced team to go and do evangelism. They didn't have, a, they didn't have the, the benefit of internet or anything like that. Do you know how they grew? They, the body of Christ loved people. Okay, um, in the Roman era, when their great plagues showed up, the doctors split. They left. The Christians stayed. The Christians ministered to them. Christians died caring for them. It was their love that they showed which drew people in. If you want to see the, Lord church, the Lord's church grow, start loving folks. It's not going to be your program and your fancy titles, no. It's going to be, did you love me? Did you show me what love looks like? With body and sinew and flesh. So, so the question then becomes, well, well how do I get this, this aroma of Christ on me. I, I, I'm following him, and that, that's a good, good start. But it may require more than that. Maybe it starts with a conversation. Lord, you have been exceedingly kind to me down through the years. And, and I want to show your heart, your mind, in a more uh, upfront and effective way. I, I just don't want to say it with my mouth. But, but I want to do something. I want you to use me to your glory. I, I want your aroma to be on me in such a way when they see me. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's smelling pretty good. You, you smelling like Jesus. You, he, he done rubbed off on you. Have that kind of, Lord, use me. Examine my heart. See where you can Turn me from my selfish ways and be others-centered. It starts with a conversation. Lord, I want to do better. You bless me. Been eating good. Waking up every day, haven't spent a day in the hospital. COVID's all over the place and been missing you. Been getting friends and family, buried some folk. You still here. Come on now. Don't See... Oh, Lord, help me. That, folks get so, like you're supposed to get up. I, don't you know that it's only by the grace of God? You think because you eat well, take vitamins and take your medication? No. It's nothing but the grace of God, his unmerited favor, showing up in our lives. Start with a conversation. I want that aroma on me. And then listen. If you're going to have the aroma of Christ on you, you may have to be inconvenienced. I know it's going to get real quiet now. 
Brother Allen's uh, homegoing celebration was yesterday. Uh, the gospel was presented in a clear and concise way, and, and it was just a wonderful time in the Lord. One of the things about him, and it was mentioned earlier, he was a very humble man. Uh, never brought attention to himself. Very unconspicuous, yet he was expert at what he did for a living. You wouldn't know it. He never bragged about himself or any of his accomplishments or achievements. He just quietly went along lifting the name of Jesus. One thing he did was that he often inconvenienced himself for the cause of Christ. He was not ashamed to own his Lord and commend him to others. That's what he did. Listen, he hanging out places where most folk don't want to go. All right, North Avenue. For you, act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Methadone treatment not far away. Cleaning up bottles and uh, syringe needles from the, from the garden. He inconvenienced himself. His wife, his son, out there on North Avenue ministering, sharing the gospel. See, that's what the aroma of Christ looks like. You got to be inconvenienced. You have to change your schedule that I might be available to do a great work for the master. Be willing to be inconvenienced. Find out. And listen, sometimes it's not that difficult. Listen, it can be as simple and I tell you that which I done and do, I'm not just saying something to fill the space up as a point, but what I've discovered is that sometimes you can text people scriptures. You know what messes people up? How can I pray for you? They'd be like, you mean you ain't catching no hell in your life that you don't need somebody to pray for you? You ought to have at least two, three items that you need at least three, four people praying for on a regular basis. That's right, right. The brother said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's right. That's right. Most of us, it's small things. It, it, it may be willing to visit someone. It may be going in your pocket, flipping open your billfold, seeing how you can be a blessing to someone financially. It might be walking with someone through a dark period of their life. It may mean getting up with someone early in the morning, 6 o'clock, and having prayer. Inconvenience yourself. My brother and brother-in-law, we, we, back in March, we started 6, 6 a.m. prayer. And the Lord has shown up and blessed us mightily. Just because we chose to pull away, inconvenience yourself, and say, Lord, we're here. And we know you said we're two or three gathered. You promised to be in the midst, and we thank you for being here. See how you can do something small. It doesn't have to be anything grand or great, but start small. Lord, here I am. Use me. The master leans in when you start talking like that because so many folks don't want to be used by him. They just want fire insurance and making sure they're not going to hell. Well, that's not enough. Because one day I'm going to have to stand before him and he's going to say, Nix, what did you do with the health, soundness of mind, gifts, talents, and skills that I blessed you with? What did you do with them? Uh, gee, I, uh, well, 
And I want that discussion. I want to say, oh, yeah, yeah, Lord, I've been doing, yeah, I know, son, come on, keep going. Yeah, yeah that's right, that, that's right, I, I got it all, hit. yeah, that's right, you did that too, you preaching and witness, See, that's what I want. But I don't want to start looking where I ain't got nothing. Let me move, let me move. I'm serious. Isaiah, I love this, Isaiah 50 and 4 has become one of my favorite verses. Let me share with you. The Lord God have given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Weary. Those that are about to faint. Those that are frustrated. God has so designed it that you and I can have a word of encouragement to somebody who is weary. And beloved, all around you to see the past 16 months, we've seen nothing but weary people. Come on now. Folks been weary from all kinds of stuff. And just think God wants to use you and I to speak a word of encouragement during this season of difficulty. Um, that's, that's a wonderful thing. I know that uh, when we started this, this backpack thing with uh, individuals that are gunshot wound victims, the, the, the folks at uh, University of Maryland Shock Trauma said, they'll always ask, they said, we deliver a product, and they say, well, wh why y'all doing this? I mean, we, we don't understand. No, nobody is making care packages available to individuals who are gunshot wound victims in the city. No, nobody's doing that. And the God has blessed us to do up to 300 now. I mean, so, so what I'm saying is, find some way, find some way that you can be others-centered. There's a ministry waiting to be birthed through you. Sure, there's existing ministries here that you can be part of and, and make a great impact, but sometimes the Lord may be speaking to you to do something. So keep your ears and eyes open to what the Lord is doing. Point number two, the, the aroma of Christ forgives. There was a brother in the church who, and we don't know what the sin was, something happened. Either he offended Paul or someone else, but church discipline was required. Um, and Paul says, and I love it. Uh, he says, you know, I want you to forgive, which means that uh, forgiveness, it means to uh, push away, to send away. I, I know it, 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 they're the theological, but, 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 but the simple thing is push away what the person has done to you. Push away the offense. Um, it means to be gracious. Uh, um, someone says something or did something, instead of holding on to it, you decide to push it away. Is there some folk in your life that you have offended you, have said something, have hurt you, and, and for some reason you, you've not been able to push it away? You, you keep, you're keeping it like this. Nope, you hurt, hurt too hard. It went too deep, and I ain't letting it go. Forgiveness says, push it 
away. And then he says, comfort. My goodness, isn't that something? That's a real test. So not only do I push it away, now I've got to encourage and comfort the person. We don't know, again, what this person did, but an offense was made, church discipline occurred. Paul's now saying, I want you to comfort, I want you to forgive what the person has done. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, first of all, in order to forgive, you must make the decision to do it. I've got to decide that I'm going to forgive you for what happened. I understand like you that forgiveness is a process. I'm with you. But I also understand that it's awfully liberating to forgive because holding on to it never benefits you in the long run. It just doesn't, it makes you sick. Uh, you know, you talk, uh, Hebrews talks about the, the root of bitterness. That, that word bitterness means poisonous. And when you have an unforgiving spirit, it's poisonous. It's, it's slowly killing you, killing you softly, Roberta Flack used to say. Oh, y'all know. yeah. It's killing you softly. When you don't learn how to, to get rid of it, it's, it's killing you softly. So push it away. And, and also, when I've learned to forgive, I don't have to tell everyone what you've done to me. You know, because we're good at that. Oh, we pull up, baby, you, you, look, let me tell you what they did. Sugar, sit down, let me tell what did they? You know, we letting everybody know and how deep the hurt was. And, and T.R. Kendall says that. He says, you know, total forgiveness is realizing that you don't have to tell everyone what the person has done to you and that you can learn to forgive them. I don't have to keep a record. You have folk, folk like that, they like, you said you weren't going to do that no more, didn't you? Uh-huh. Last I checked, Scripture says 70 times 7. <laughs> Don't hit them with that, but I'm just simply saying that they won't know what you're talking about. But, but, but you know, the idea is to forgive. Don't keep rehearsing it in your mind. And I know it's a process, but in time, In time. Gandhi said that uh, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. It takes some strength to forgive some offenses that have come our way. Um, learn to pray for the person. Yeah, pray for them. I know it's hard, isn't it? I mean... You know, I'm, I'm praying that they will see the error of their way. I'm prayerful that they might uh, turn from their ways. And, but, but I'm going to pray for them. The Lord will give you insight on just how you should pray for them. The aroma of Christ is one that forgives. And that's really what I'm trying to share with you. Be open to forgiving and moving on. The last thing um, is the aroma of Christ still makes an impact. Um, in verse 16 it says, to the one we are the aroma of death, that's those who reject Christ, 
those who are wise in their own eyes who have rejected salvation, and it leads to death. But then he also says, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. Which means that there is salvation. That's the person who has come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Paul was still saying that this gospel message can change lives. This gospel message is still able to reclaim the lost. This gospel message is still able to pick us up from where we are and to move us in another direction. The scripture says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Christ, I get a new attitude. In Christ, I see my relationships different. In Christ, I'm able to love better. In Christ, I'm monitoring what I say out of my mouth. In Christ, I monitor what I let goes before my eye gate. In Christ, he can still make the difference in our lives. It doesn't matter what you are going through or what you are facing. The fact of the matter is that the aroma of Christ can still change situations in our lives. Is he able to change situations in your life? Have you given up on him because you're going through something? But don't you realize that in Christ, he can still turn things around. Okay. What if you, what if you had the aroma of Christ in your home? Mm. Yeah. What about the aroma of Christ in your family? Um, we're a family that supports each other. We're a family, family that loves each other. We're a family that encourage each, encourages each other. That's the kind of aroma of Christ. We build each other up. We don't tear down the aroma of Christ in your home. What about the aroma of Christ with our speech? Lord, set a watch over my mouth and watch the doors of my lips. Maybe when the aroma of Christ is on me, I'm more guarded in what I say. What about the aroma of Christ in the workplace? That's our mission field. That's where we're at most of the day. And there's so many folks who need to smell the aroma of Christ in the workplace. Now, I know you're not there to preach. Don't do that. You're not there to do that. But every now and then, you'd get something called a lunch break. And uh, every now and then, folks want to pull away and talk with you. And that is an opportunity for us to demonstrate the aroma of Christ through sharing with them. It's the aroma of Christ that makes the difference in the lives of people. And even if we decide to allow the fruit of the Spirit, I believe that too will give us the aroma of Christ. 
the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That means you can get as much of all of that as you can possibly give out. And Jesus is still making an impact and there's so much clear evidence through changed lives that his aroma is still lingering when we look at the evidence of changed lives. The fact that we are here worshiping him in spirit and in truth is evidence of the aroma of Christ on our lives. Um, a coworker once had a, they purchased a new home and, and uh, they were so excited they did not get a lawnmower. Here they are in this nice community and pay some good change for the property and no lawnmower. They come home and they were fearful that they'd get a letter from the community association or they would cut it and then send them the bill. But as time went on, they came home and they discovered that the lawn had been cut. Right now they're really puzzled. They know they didn't hire anyone to cut the lawn but it was manicured and, and they really are puzzled. And uh, they got home and discovered that the father-in-law had dropped by and he had cut their lawn and took great care of it. He did this for about a month. Sometimes they say, we're on our way home and, and we could look over the hill and see our house. And, and the closer we got to the house, uh, we would look at each other and say, daddy been here. There was some evidence that daddy had come by and, and had, had taken care of the lawn that needed to be cut. He, he did that for a number of months. They came over the hill, saw the lawn cut, and they just looked and said, there was some evidence that he had been there. And maybe we want to have some evidence in our lives that, that we have been here. That Christ is still Working and doing and changing and building and encouraging. The aroma of Christ still, still works. Still makes a difference. You're here today and you're not sure if Christ can do anything for your situation. Well, the good news of the gospel is that he can and that Jesus Christ can still change lives. He still wants to win the loss. He still wants you to be part of his family. And the only thing you have to do is come to him just as you are. You have to accept him Believe that he died on the cross for your sins. Confess that you are a sinner. And Christ is available to you. It's a simple thing, but all you have to do is make the first step. So if you're here today and you cannot remember a time in your life when you knowingly and willingly confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it means that you're lost and that you're on your way to hell. 
If heaven is a literal place, then hell must also be a literal place. That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus Christ died for your sins. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's the good news. The good news is that he was hung high and stretched wide. They put him in an old borrowed tomb. On the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. That's the good news. And the good news is that those who fall asleep, Brother Allen, he's outrun us. He's gone the way of all flesh. But those who live in Christ never see each other for the last time. Okay. So where are you? You may be saying, well, you know, I don't understand a lot of the Bible. I, you know, the Lord ain't take nobody like me. I'm, you don't know what I've done. Well, listen, we've all done some stuff. And listen, some of us still doing some stuff. Come on now. I mean, we, we, we and that's the beauty of it, that you can come to him with all of your hang-ups, shortcomings, and he will accept you just as you are. You don't have to know the whole 66 books of the Bible. The only thing you got to know is that I'm lost and I need Christ as my Savior. And he's available to make the difference. He still works. He still works. May we all stand. So if there's one here today, if you don't know Christ and the free pardon of your sin, Meet us right down here and we'll walk with you through God's plan of salvation. I, it takes a lot of courage to come forward, and I, I'm, I'm feel, being led to do this. I, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but, but see, I don't know. This may be the last time you get to hear the invitation to Christian discipleship. I'm serious. Listen, you one heartbeat away from eternity. And, and listen, he's going to know, uh, why should I let you into my heaven? Well, uh, I was okay. I, I tried. You know, I treated my neighbor. He said, you're supposed to treat your neighbor right. Well, I ain't running around on my wife. We're not supposed to. Well, I didn't. None of that matters. What matters is saying, Lord, I confess you this moment as my Lord and Savior, and I'm thankful for the provision that Christ Jesus made on the cross for my sins. That's all you've got to do. So come on down here. Excuse, I, come on down. We'll pray with you. Because we don't want this to be the last. You want, we don't want you to leave here and go straight to hell should something happen. And I don't mean to make you uncomfortable by saying that kind of stuff because it really does offend some folks. That's really not my. But see, time is winding up. And folk leaving here, this new variant and all this kind of stuff, and they crying, you know, talking about they want to get the shot and it's too late. It's, it's too, going to be too late for a lot of stuff. And the shot is going to be the last thing it's going to be too late for if you don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sin. You worry about some shot. You're going to get a shot all right. You're going to open your eyes someplace where the wicked shall cease from troubling. And the worry, be, no, 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 you're going to be somewhere. But it won't be with Jesus. So... I'm going to leave you alone because I know y'all ready to get home and look at the rest of the game and eat and all that. Well, look at the highlights. But, um, but this is important. This is, this is why we sweat. 
This is why we go through this proclamation of the gospel, so that the lost might come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about. My three points, yeah, right. But, but what I really want is for you to know him in the pardon of your sins. So I've pleaded. I put it out there. So, so you won't be able to say, well, Lord, you know, nobody ever told me how to get saved. Nobody ever said anything. Well, wait a minute. On August the 15th, that guy around about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I don't know, 280, he told you about me. He opened the doors of the church for you and wanted you to come. Depart from me. I never knew you. Too late. Too late. All right, I'm going to leave you alone. Let's, let's bow our heads and have benediction. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the all-wise God our Father, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And the people of God said amen. 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 God bless you.